Hello. Howdy, howdy, Mark. Well, howdy, howdy there, Johnny. How we doing, buddy? Uh, doing pretty good, man. Uh, just trying to make the most of my last few weeks here in Germany. You know, yeah. just, uh, yeah. I did see something really kind of cool that I thought was purely American until I saw it in person yesterday. Okay. So, Mark, when you think of, like, traditional bikers, w w like, what, what, what's the image that pops into your head? It's like... Uh, the leather vest and the the patches everywhere and and like some asshole that looks like a Yu-Gi-Oh character that's got an American flag bandana <laughs> over his head and aviator glass right like it's it's this the same like I will not have you besmirching guy. the king of machines bandit Keith thank you sir <laughs> you just back the fuck off right now <laughs> anyway yeah but you know you do you really you picture bandit Keith right yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that stereotypical guy. I thought that was purely an American thing. Like, okay. if I had, if I, you know, when you, when you think of European motorcycle enthusiasts, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call him a biker. Also, because like, shit, dude, nine out of ten people in this country has an actual bicycle and they ride it every damn day. Um, mm -hmm. So biker is very confusing. But we'll say motorcycle enthusiast. You you think of like. I don't know Euro trash guys the that run around that have their, like, their crotch rocket, oh, yeah, crotch rockets and, yeah, and like or like Italian dudes that have like slicked back hair and all this shit, right? Oh no, I saw yeah, up or like, like Vespas, I guess. Yeah, yes, exactly, because they don't have actual motorcycles here; they have Vespas. Um, no, I saw a straight up like American biker yesterday on my way to the market. And it really threw me off for a second because it's uh, – I can't remember. It was like he was part of the Hellhounds or something. Like, and it straight up said Hellhounds Motorcycle Club and he had all the patches and he's a big balding dude with aviator glasses and big, all this sort of dude. stuff. <laughs> now, the, now the best best part of it all, best part of it all, man, the lady that was like – with him also had all this leather to just completely rocking and rolling and not only does she have size 19 and a half feet but she offered to show me your tits even though they were a little bit chapped from the ride how were they scale of uh, charcoal to blue flame of valor uh i mean they were sad droopy biker titties so um i mean titties is titties they're never going to be charcoal We'll, we'll say a hard. That sounds like butane. a butane to me because you know it's two in the morning and you're stoned. You're gonna check them out anyway. You're just gonna do it anyway. <laughs> you love to hate them and you hate to love them. <laughs> you know what else you're gonna check out at two o'clock in the morning, Mark? The Dangle Podcast. My mom. I'm sorry. I'm squirrely. Yes, the Dangle Podcast. <laughs> Johnny and I haven't recorded in a minute, and I'm weird this morning. Also, Happy Thanksgiving, Johnny. It's Thanksgiving yes. when we're recording this, guys. Happy Plot that on your everybody. timeline of when we record, but hey, I'm thankful for you. I'm I'm thankful for you. I'm also thankful, guys, if you, if you haven't done yourself the absolute treasure of listening to the latest Two Wizards podcast, at least latest for me, go listen to the one about Brad Neely. It's going to give you the warm fuzzies, and it's also going to help you dis rediscover internet culture from like 20 years ago. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, yes. yes, anyway, I'm also thankful for the Dangle Podcast, this year weekly King of the Hill podcast, where I, Mark, and my good buddy, Johnny, 
we take two episodes of that beloved adult animation classic, King of the Hill, and we talk about the good parts and the bad parts and the highs and the lows, and we see if it still holds up, and then we smack it with our patented rating system. And um, I had a good week, John. I don't know about you, but I say we jump on into it. I say we do. Uh, we're going to start this week with episode 139, Queasy Rider. This is, of course, a play off of Easy Rider, uh, a very interesting 1970s motorcycle movie. Um, who Who's the blonde guy in that, Mark? Why, can't, why am I like forgetting which actor that is? It's a Fonda, right? Wasn't it Paul Newman? I thought it was Henry Fonda, but yeah, you might be right. It's one of the two. I... Like, there was only, yeah... There's no, I think I'm thinking think of Marlboro Man or something. We have eh. we have IMDb. We can do. figure this out. Uh, Peter Fonda. Hey, I'll let you look. The, uh, Peter Fonda. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, easy rider, queasy rider. Uh, this episode is about motorcycles, guys, uh, which is kind of silly considering it debuted in February sixteenth of two thousand three. It's kind of cold for a motorcycle ride. Uh, <laughs> written by Kit Boss. <laughs> it is cold. Okay. Where we are. It's cold. Uh, written by Kit Boss. Oh, it's Mark. cold here. Um, I, I, so I realized I've kind of been lacking a little bit in talking about our writers for uh, maybe a season or two now. So we're going to actually talk about some of the things Kit Boss has done real quick before I get into the cast. Um, okay. He is known for writing on King of the Hill. He wrote quite a few episodes, and he wrote all the way into season 11. So we're going to see him, uh, at least according to IMDb, we're going to see his name in the credits until season 11. Uh, most of the writing staff also became producers, so he may be producing on a lot of episodes as well. Okay. Um, and then he also is known for writing, he wrote five different episodes of Bob's Burgers, Mark. And okay. this is like early Bob's, like maybe, not like early, early, but like season three, four, five. So b- before it became the the Linda and... And uh, uh, whatever the oldest one's name is. Before it became a show about just the two of them, pretty much. Uh, back when we is still had five Bob episodes. I haven't seen a Bob's Burgers in, like, years. I mean, they're they're okay. They definitely never hit the point. The, the, they have not hit the point of The Simpsons yet, which they really should have at, at I think, 13 seasons now. But... I just miss my Bob-centric episodes. Anyway, uh, the two that really stuck out to me is It Snakes a Village, um, where they go down to Florida and they have to go and find the the big python, and it's got the oh yeah Bob's in-laws that want to swing. And I'm like, okay, that's a good episode. And of course, uh, Spaghetti Western and Meatballs with Banjo, the Spaghetti Western character, which also always that's makes a me happy. Good, that's a good episode. <laughs> that's a really good yes. episode. Banjo. So. Yes. That's the one. So thank you, Kit Boss, for that. And thank you for Queasy Rider. Uh, our cast of characters, Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Boom Hauer, Dr. Tim Rast, Nancy Gribble, Lumpy, Pepperoni Sue, Cotton, Dee Dee, and G.H. Hill. Uh, so we have two guest stars this week, Mark. Can you guess who they are? Um, Dr. Tim Rast is, I, no, um, Pepperoni Sue and Lumpy, and Pepperoni Sue is Jennifer Aniston, right? Yes, she is, and Lumpy is actually not a normal, like, guest star voice, it's, he's one of our, our voice acting regulars. Oh, okay, cool. Who is it? Uh, it's David Herman. Oh, okay, of course. I yes. thought it might have been a Bobcat Goldthwait. 
Almost, I could see that. Um, and it, yeah, that it's just got that tinge of manic well. in it. Yeah, yeah. Like if he was uh, gonna but, double fist, that's kind of that was like my that was my theory because I'm sure the doctor was David Herman, right? Got uh, no, the doctor was not actually. That's our other guest star this week. Oh, okay, okay. Mark, if I gave you a hundred guesses, you would never guess who this was, even knowing the time period and the average people okay. that show up on this show. It's Jamie Kennedy. As in, like, the Jamie Whoa. Kennedy show. What? <laughs> yeah, guys, this is also going to be our, our shoe holder for retro reference rage because no one has in good conscience talked about Jamie Kennedy in probably 10 years. Oh, let's... The second trip of the night to IMDb real quick. <laughs> You're going to see what the last thing he he did, huh? Yeah. Well, while you're uh, looking up him, I'm going to give you a synopsis, Mark. Hank and Peggy Please take a trip you, to Sturgis on their new metal horse, and Dale goes on a treasure hunt. Okay. Yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting Hank versus Peggy episode, I think. I, yes, I am inclined to agree with you. Uh, yeah. I, so just like general thought, do you like this as a Hank and Peggy episode? Like, do you know what I mean? I don't hate it. Okay. Compared is, to like some of the a... other ones we've had, like, um. Give me some examples here because the only one I can think of off the top of my head is Texas City Twister. And I absolutely love that episode. Yeah, um, Texas City Twister, um, I would say a little bit of Square Peg with the sex ed stuff. Um, okay. Um, um, I like this better than Astounding Herrera. Yeah. Um, oh, what's the one? What's the softball episode called? Oh, I don't even know. Yeah. I, I know which one you're I talking about. Remember. I want to say Peggy Makes a Big League. That's the called the E-K-L-E-E. E- um, e- yeah. But like that one, um, I think this one's done a lot better. Like, yeah, I would watch this over yeah. both of that one and uh, Astounding Herrera. Okay, okay, interesting. Yeah, um, Mark, do you got uh, any info on me on the last thing Jamie Kennedy was in? Yes, um, live action news update. Um, we might have seen him in Scream twenty twenty two. Interesting. Okay. Um, I'm trying to find anything that we would recognize. He I was saw that in... movie, but I, I can't remember him. Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell. I really liked that movie. <laughs> that was 2018. <laughs> um, yeah, he's getting work. Like, he's consistently working. There's not what? downtime in his IMDb page. Good on He's you, also Jamie in Tremors Five. Interesting. Which I also enjoyed Tremors Five. So yeah. In fact, I think that was my first um, reaction. Was son of a bitch, Jamie Kennedy's in this, and yeah, it was all right. <laughs> well, guys. <laughs> anyway, he's, sorry, he's I'm astounded at how. Bi- yeah. He's a relic of a bygone era. I mean, th- he was popular 20 years ago when this episode came out. Oh yeah, he was hot shit. Like. Um, what, the Jamie Kennedy experience and that stupid Ali, he was not Ali G, the other one, um, oh my, Malibu's Most Wanted, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was him, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. The most problematic film of our age. 
compared only it's... to Pluto Nash and Undercover Brother. <laughs> but I yeah, love Undercover rough. Brother, so. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, so A-story characters for this, Hank and Peggy, B-story characters, if you if you want to call it a full B-story, it's not really. It's like three scenes. It's Dale. Mm-hmm. It's his little treasure hunt. Um, Mark, give me some notes, man. Some notes. Number one, um, man, uh, 20 years later to be impacted by an episode of television is a rare thing. Not a rare thing, I would say, but like to be hit in a completely different perspective that I never thought I'd have before. And that perspective is that as a Packers fan, I feel both attacked and seen by Hank's disappointment in the Texans. Um, (laughs) That's Amore is almost back. Um, so almost, almost there. Um, so I have the note. Number one is Peggy being a cow question mark act one question mark act two. No, she's totally justified by act two. Oh yeah. Um, son of a bitch. I would watch that Sturgis show that Lumpy's talking about with sticks and uh Rodney Knievel. God damn. I would watch the yeah. hell out of that. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't even like sticks. I like him just fine. Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. Like, come on, it's all good. Hey, there are Rush people and there are Sticks people. They don't usually co-bingle, and I'm a Rush guy. Oh, I'm a Rush guy, too. Rush is the better band, but Sticks is really <laughs> passable in their own right. <laughs> <laughs> Sticks is like the goddamn, like, butane secretary rock, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> can you tell I'm padding for time because I don't have a ton of notes because I just sat back and watched this one because I kind of just sat that's... back and watched this one. I, oh, that's absolutely I, okay, yeah. I found myself genuinely enjoying this. This was an adult episode that I didn't get as a kid. So, like, I I got the episode, but I didn't appreciate it. Now I got, I watched it. I'm like, man, I I have seen this peep. I have seen these people before in like my my life, you know, and it became real, right. and I really liked it. Anyway, give me some of your notes, buddy. Um, so I got we got two music like paid music cues in this uh, episode. Right when Hank and Peggy buy their motorcycle, you hear uh, Bachman Turner overdrives rolling down the highway, and mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. at the end of the episode, uh, during the like photo montage of the trip back that ends with, of course, adorable Bobby and GH in the bathtub, is "Flirting with <laughs> Disaster" by Molly Hatchet. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm glad that you picked up that that's Amore is also getting mentioned because I was like, holy crap, we haven't heard about that's Amore in like a season at least, not since Con Father was of the in, Bribe. Yeah, Father of the Bribe. I was gonna see, not since Con was actually trying to get Bobby to be with Connie. Um, mm-hmm. Mark, if I've never said it on this this podcast before, I'm gonna say it now. I would love to be Peggy Hill's counselor. Like I okay. really would. And it, it's just so interesting to me, like watching that opening scene of her and Hank just hanging out with Dr. Tim Rast, and she is like imitating the things that the doctor is doing and all this and all that. And I'm like, what in the world? I would just, I would eat it up. I would have so much fun just looking at all of her weird mannerisms and trying to like get into her brain about why she is so full of herself all the time. Dude, she would. I would write case studies on her. I could do a doctorate on her. <laughs> it would be fantastic. Um, that'd be that'd be great. Also, like props to. I, I don't know how 
Dale and Nancy found this. It's not common for a, a marriage counselor to be, one, a male, and two, to be a doctor, like have a doctorate in something. That's a, like a misconception. Really? Yeah, the counseling field is like very much dominated by women. It's like 90% women. And usually, hmm. you, like when you get a doctorate in something, you don't do you don't do like like you do very specific research stuff, or you work with a very specific population. You don't do just like your garden variety. I mean, who knows? Maybe this guy just has a private practice, and that's what he really likes to do. But it's hard to pay the the bills you incur getting your doctorate just doing mm-hmm. that. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah. And there's also not a whole big point to getting a doctorate unless you're going to get it in like something that will let you do like prescriptions and the kind of doctor he is would not be one. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So, it just I thought oh. I found that was interesting that that they hit the jackpot with somebody who is who has clearly invested a lot of time into their education to just come down and and do the lord's work so to say. That's like <laughs> that's I, you know that's like somebody just volunteering at a soup kitchen being a professional chef that'd be i guess cool yeah i'm like it could happen mm, but you don't usually yeah. see it like <laughs> um mark i really want to see uh, salt bay in the soup kitchen now oh i'd rather see salt bay die and be fed to people from the soup kitchen but that's me Wow, that was mean. (laughs) Guy's a giant asshole, and I hate his... Oh, I know. I hate his showmanship. I hate him. I hope he... Yeah, I... I want to feed him to homeless people, Other than, like, gold foil. (laughs) Um, Okay, Mark, have you ever wanted a motorcycle? Like, have you ever had a point in your life where you're just like, I want a motorcycle. I just want to, like, hassle somebody. I want to mess up a shopkeeper. I just want to, like rip ass down uh, Main Street Alamosa and and just, like, be the most big dick boy out there. Have you ever wanted that? As I scream, where the hell's Satan's? Yes. Um, yeah, no, kind of. I don't know. It's weird. Um, no, my granddad was a firefighter, and firefighters okay. go to a lot of traffic uh, accidents. So yep. I was instilled with a very healthy fear of motorcycles at a very young age. And then by the time, like, I was old enough to do anything with one, like, I just didn't care. And, like, you know Alamosa. It's cold as hell down here, like, 90% of the time. So just having right. one would be kind of inconvenient. Like, I. But then at the same time, I always did have that, like, romantic idea of, like, getting, like, an old uh, Indian and, like, okay. just driving away. Okay. Like, yeah. Uh, so in yeah, my life, it's weird. There's always two dogs fighting in me. I guess. What's up? Sorry. Oh no, I was gonna say in my life, I've only ever really considered it maybe two times. Um, once was in college, like my junior senior year in college. You and I've got a good friend Bethany, and she and I just like mm-hmm. binged the shit out of Sons of Anarchy. Like this was back mm-hmm. when we you had to like order the discs from Netflix, like. Oh, I'm I'm the old man now that's that's talking about that, um, but like I, I shit you not, we'd get two two or three new discs or some shit, watch them all in a single night, send them back, having the new next set in, in like two days later, and like we did that for two solid months, and we watched like four or five seasons worth of this fucking awful show. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so like bad. it's got its it's got its good moments and it's it's 
it's so bad that it's good because I would definitely rewatch it. Ron Perlman is a fantastic like oogie boogie bad man and like I don't I don't you even, hit it. I don't it even has know where moments. to start. You're man. fine. You're, it does. You, it's okay, it really buddy. Does. Um, my fa- my favorite like weird celebrity cameo is apparently Stephen King really fucking liked it, so they wrote him apart for an episode in the third season because he like is uh, like an assassin guy who gets he's a cleaner. Huh. And just randomly shows up in an episode. I'm like, that's fucking Stephen King. That makes me happy. Um, okay. So that was that was the first time. And then the second time was right after college. I worked at a uh, liquor store for like three years right next to a biker bar. And I definitely oh, like just being in proximity of all of these bikers. And they would come in and they get their shooters and they just give me this like rough and gruff. And they always liked me because, hey, I was the happy kid that was getting them shit face like – I, I never right, turned yeah. the bikers down. I never fucking hassled them. I shit, dude. If I could give them a deal, I would give them a deal. And right, so yeah. they liked me, and it was like, God, I could, I could get into this. This seems like a lot of fun. <laughs> I never, never again, man. I'm, I'm too old for this shit. Uh, Grandpa Johnny, tell us about the time you trafficked meth. <laughs> um. <laughs> I am not a member of the One-Eyed Snakes, Mark. That's our second Bob's Burgers reference of the episode. Um, <laughs> and then, let's see, I got one more note here. Uh, Peggy mentions that Hank Hank doesn't want to look effeminate by wearing his glasses. And if he wants to know how to fix that, just go look at Larry Agman. Mark, do you know who Larry Agman is? Um, yeah, I know that Larry Hagman was a man, and he was a really bad man. Who lived Did he live on, on a ranch, ranch with his mom? With his mom. Guys, it's, it's JR from Dallas. Thank you, Texas. <laughs> Thank you for that. Oh, that I made wrote, me happy. Yeah, that was my first uh, pro, or that was one of my pros. Um, but yeah, I, I I wrote just as the like follow up to that note. Um, this episode already has a soft uh, charking. <laughs> just for that because of that because of that note yep because of that joke amazing uh well that's a perfect segue <laughs> into your prose buddy because that's the, i'm done with my notes <laughs> right on um larry hagman jr just talked about it um um hank thinking about an all texas super bowl looking up at the sky and going his will be done i liked that little bit a lot um pay the I don't know how I feel about the like fantasy montage of the hills biking bikering about, but I really, mm-hmm. really like the description of it. Especially okay. when Peggy goes meeting corrupt local sheriffs and it's like a plus for her. I really like that that's like <laughs> something she's looking forward to. Cause that totally right? tracks with like the person that Peggy is. Like she wants to meet Smokey or Boss Hog or something like that. I could see it. Y- yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, I just like it. I appreciate it. Um, General note, in the second act of this, the hills, I guess it's the third act, but the hills are very cute. I just, now, you know what? Not even the third, the entire thing throughout, like, the beginning, yeah, they're rough, but okay. Um, When they get the motorcycle, like, when they're laying in bed, spooning, going potato, 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 that is, mm-hmm. that is adorable. I love that. Um, Goddamn. I'd take it out again. But we might wake up Bobby. Oh, he gets enough sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Right? A-plus parenting, guys. A-plus parenting. 
<laughs> um, and then I've got one more pro, but I want to see if you hit it. So just remember that I got one more and we're going to put a pin in it. How about you, buddy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I put a pro for this episode that it's, it tackles a real life problem that a lot of couples have. Which is just like, like oh, you, you don't understand how to communicate and you, we're going to continue to show you guys fighting. And what I appreciate is that not everything gets magically fixed when they buy the bike. Like in most sitcoms, that's what's going to fix everything. Or, or it's going to turn into something farcical. To this, it's like it starts out really good because they are both really trying at this. But nothing actually changed by them buying the bike because the power dynamic is still all screwed up. So a pro for me is that you got to see them really struggle through this for the most of the episode. Um, it's hard mm-hmm. to watch sometimes. Like, you feel genuinely bad for Peggy when, like, every state they go to, she just gets sadder and angrier and, like, more upset. And then finally, when she's trying to hold her ground and he just drives off and flips her ass over heel into that ditch, mm-hmm. he you can see on his face that he feels bad about it. And it's one of those, well, I have fucked up, but I don't, like, I can't back off now. I've come too far, especially not around all these bikers. So I I just, I appreciate that they took a real, real life problem and they didn't turn it into a 90s sitcom farce. Yeah, I like that they Um, handled it. Like, they addressed it. I I agree with you 100% there. There is a lot of sexual tension in this episode, and I'm going to say that it's pro- because okay. we, it's a side of the hills we have not seen. Um, like oh, I thought the, you were talking about the, Lumpy and Pepperoni Sue. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. No, it's a side of the hills. Like, I, they're talking about things like, okay, Peggy imit- imitates flashing somebody and then <laughs> gives Hank Hank the business and says, ah, I'm, I'm wearing a bra. Um, mm-hmm. That's not a typical Peggy thing. That's definitely more sexually aggressive. Uh, what, what bold, else do I have a very hear? bold Peggy move, yeah. It is, it is. I never thought I'd hear her say the phrase, I just need to leather up. And I don't know if that's oh. intentionally innuendo, but I've heard it now and I can't not hear it now. So it's just like, <laughs> holy moly. And then all of the, the, like the my last pro in here is all the little cutesy nicknames that they've got. You know, she, she calls him daddy and then we get the hot rod or hot mama or all this stuff. They really adopt the whole biker shtick. And do it unironically with each other, which it helps. Like, it really does. This is a side of Hank and Peggy that we've just never seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, those are my pros. Did I hit your magic one? Um. Yeah, pretty much. The um the sexuality of it. Um, Johnny, um, Luann, Virgin 2.0, one of my pros was that Hank and Peggy drove 15 feet into the forest and just ruthlessly makeup fucked. Yes. Which makeup sex session was more rigorous and heartfelt, that one or this one? Um, are you talking like post post um South Dakota yeah, post yeah, yeah, yeah. Po- when they get home yeah, to post, Ireland? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they're when they yeah, I would say post moose. That's when it happened. Somewhere there. Post-moose sighting. Post-moose. When uh, everything's cool, Who? Ha- what was the more vigorous lovemaking in the forest? Because I'm saying it's this one. Holy shit. They just found the most abandoned lot in Colorado and just smashed. 
they I'm they pulled s- over that rest stop outside of Pueblo and they just ruthlessly boned. I'm gonna say this one as well, and my my thought process behind it and how I can quantify this is, um, they have now gotten essentially a cross country trip underneath them in the period of a fucking week on a on a motorcycle like that is not a comfortable ride for that long so they're just they're gonna go after at it and they're gonna have all these aches and pains and still just like throw the passion into it and throw that to the wind so they're gonna be fighting all of the like wear and tear that they've had for the last week and putting all of that like frustration and energy into it all right good talk buddy (laughs) yeah uh give me some cons man (laughs) Cons, I am sick to shit of Bobby and his little squeals. Oh, my God. Oh, I noticed it in this episode. I didn't write it down, but I definitely took notice of it. This is like fourth one. This is like becoming his like new catchphrase. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Bobby, can we please not squeal? Um, Hank's therapy stance in general, just like, I, I get it. Politics of the time is just, oh, therapy is bad and blah, blah, blah. I don't know, but... I don't like mm-hmm. it, slash, I don't like this episode trope. Um, just any time couples go to therapy, I don't like it, but... Right. Whatever. Um, you already hit it, but you hit it as a pro. It's Peggy's leather up, because I definitely thought it was sexual, and I just got grossed out. <laughs> <laughs> Motorcycle um, Dale mama. <laughs> Motorcycle mama. Potato, 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 potato. Uh, <laughs> Um, Dale is not this dumb. God damn, like, Dale is obnoxious. This is a stupid Dale B-plot, like... It really is. Even with the, even with the dumb, even with the cute, like, shenanigans of him and Bill, like, no, I, no, fuck this B-plot. We don't need it. Take it all out. I don't know what we're gonna replace it with. Maybe, I don't care, but, ugh, god damn. Um... That was a pussy-ass donut, Hank, when he's like, now stand back, I'm executing a donut. And he just, like, gently wheels around his driveway and out. Fuck you, Hank. Every um, every time I watch that moment, I get really mad that Cotton doesn't call him on it. Because Cotton would be the one to say, well, come on, put some gas underneath it, monkey. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he's standing right there, like, the opportunity's right there, guys. Come on. <laughs> Um, it's funny you mentioned opportunity because here's one we missed. I want to see a cutaway of men getting horny for like when she remembers Khan and his uh, pompadour and cherry red moped. So she makes yes. Khan go and get the cherry red moped back and Khan feels dumb about it, but he still does it. I just want to see that B plot. <laughs> Give me that B plot instead okay. of like the idiot gribble one. Yes. Um. Also, final con. Uh, this is a general note. Listeners, I hope we all know this. We shouldn't have to say it, but I will. Don't get closer to a moose. Ever. It will kill you. You will die. That'll be that. They're huge. It's bigger than you. It doesn't like you. Don't do it. Uh, go ahead, Johnny. Cons, what you got for me? Um, so, I mean, we've, we've kind of surrounded a bunch of mine here, and I'll, I'll peck them out here, but the one you ha- haven't hit here, it's hard for me because I'm a very emotional person in very specific instances, and losing a pet is one of them. So if we're going to talk about the B-plot, I hate seeing Dale cry over realizing that his cat did not run away. He just got buried. I don't like oh, that. I yeah. don't think that needs to yeah. be a thing. <laughs> 
And here, the here. fact that they even took they took the time to animate him like with tears in his eyes, like rolling down his cheeks. I'm like, no, because you're reminding me that I've lost two animals in the last ten years, and I still get really mm-hmm. teary when I think about them. Um, so that just sucks. It's it's not really a con. It's just like, guys, that's a bad joke anyway. But to make yeah, I don't know. It really is. Yeah. It's just overdone. Um, mm-hmm. Hank is a jackass this episode. We've already hit that quite a bit. I love that you, you ha- basically said by act two, Peggy is completely justified. She is not the bad guy in this situation. And you're absolutely fucking right. Um, she just wants to share this. She's not trying to take it from Hank. She just wants to share in it. She's trying to follow the therapy. And he is the mm-hmm. one that is just being completely obstinate the whole time. So this is really not a Hank versus Peggy episode. It's a everybody versus Hank episode because anybody else with their head not up their ass would do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's I, – I, I don't like jackass Hank, man. And I feel like we've gotten a lot of him lately. Maybe it's they're just experimenting with it. Maybe they just go, well, he's he's easy to turn into the villain because we've created such a strong like character that we can always turn it around at the end. So now he gets to be our foil for everything. But I don't know. I, but I can't... too, I don't think that Hank is like overtly dickish in this. Like when it starts out, I feel like his intentions are kind of pure. Um, and then like. I also think we start this, and Peggy is intentionally written badly. I think Peggy comes off very abrasive in the first bit of this. And then, like, I think that you can really lose the forest through the trees here, and it's like, it's not... Peggy's not being abrasive. She's not, you know, she's not being shitty openly. It's just, she has these concerns, and we're so ready to jump on the, you know, fuck Peggy bandwagon, so we're gonna do that. Yeah. And I think that you can miss, like... Hank's not trying to be the bad guy initially, and then he becomes the bad guy, but then Peggy yeah. becomes the good guy. It's kind of yeah. I don't know. It gets. I don't know if it's a positive switch or not, but yeah. I, I don't. I don't, I don't whole, really like, know. The whole episode to me is that it is basically you have to forgive ignorance, and if you can't forgive ignorance, then Hank is an asshole or he's not, because he mm-hmm. should have known. But like Peggy basically said in the very be- even from the very beginning, because I don't agree with you that that she's made out to be a bad guy right off the bat, um, because really she said I booked this six weeks ago. This is important to me, and you just want to be like, you just want to trash it. And then what does he do? He doesn't try and make up for it. He just goes and buys her a jersey to make up for it. It's like, no, you're just adding more fuel to the fire. And then he fraudulently takes her to uh, uh, marriage counseling, and it's it's not in good faith by any means. I I think he's a dick like the whole episode, but okay, okay. I don't know. I don't know, like. Yeah, it's, I, he's it's selfish. Hard. Like he's definitely super selfish about it. Like he is, and he's but he's being ignorant of everything else. You can't just keep claiming the well. I didn't know card because she is doing a very good job of explaining to you this is important to me. This is what I want, and he's just being like, yeah, but it doesn't fit with what I want, so we're not gonna do it. Yeah. Uh, That's okay. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> you know what? Too, it's fucking dinner. Like I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know. Like, it's dinner. Go to dinner and then go to the, the week-long training camp. You know, the, yeah. why can't we just compromise? Like, whatever. It doesn't both? matter. You miss a day yeah. of training camp to go to dinner. Yeah. Who the hell cares? Yeah. 
No, no like, exactly. You're still going to be just as happy that you went. Anyway, this is Johnny getting off his feminist soapbox here and talking about astoundingly that Peggy Hill is in the right for the whole episode. That will probably never come out of my mouth again. Mark, give me a favorite That's what moment, I'm saying. Buddy. It's such a shocking moment that Peggy Hill is right. Like, it's bad. I don't know how to feel. <laughs> like the, We're so the used to hating episode. her. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Favorite moments. Here we go. Yes. I see you've gotten vulgar as well as selfish. That was hilarious. <laughs> The photo montage, and then, like, I like the Hills photo montage, and then that ending shot of Bobby and GH in the tub. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. So, like, yes, I hate the Dale B plot, but I'm so glad I didn't have to watch Bobby and GH goddamn shenanigans. Yeah. You know what I'm, like, you know, I really shouldn't bitch so much, I guess is my point, because it could have been a lot worse. Um, Right. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Those are my two. I thought I had a third, but yeah, no, it's, I don't know. How about you, buddy? I, I, you're making me feel feelings because initially I really liked this. And now as we've talked, I'm like, oh, I wonder if I'm weird. I don't know. No, 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 no. Oh, and that wasn't my, I mean, obviously things happen when you and I discuss it. We've got our, our own views beforehand. Um, but it wasn't my intention to try and flip you or turn you on any of this. I just... Oh like no! I'm so no, tired no, of them just... turning Hank into the foil. Um, yeah. Just because you have a strong character that can withstand all this abuse, does, abuse doesn't mean you need to continually abuse him. Um, mm-hmm. No, my I have I it's I didn't really have a favorite moment here. Uh, I guess the closest thing to it was Hank looking at Pepperoni Sue's new engagement ring and just says, "Oh, it's a smiling skull. He must be oh, happy." Yeah. <laughs> 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 like that's that's silly to me. Like that's a, a yeah. ridiculous line that doesn't need to belong there. <laughs> but um yeah, that's but yeah, that's the only favorite moment I've got. Let's uh let's talk okay. about our rating system, Mark. Yeah, you want to uh break that down for us, buddy? Yeah. So our rating system, uh patent pending is uh is as follows. So at the very bottom here you've got a charcoal. A charcoal episode is like F tier, absolute garbage. Uh you're gonna watch it one time maybe, um and you're not gonna enjoy it, you're not gonna come back to it. A charcoal episode is uh it's just as dirty as the soot under your boy's fingernails. It's not worth coming back to, it's an inferior fuel. Uh just above that we've got our megalo rating. It's kind of a bronze tier. Uh, a Megalo episode has got usually a couple of good story beats to it, but it's also not a very good episode. Um, they tend to be lower tier. This is the kind of one that you you may not even watch all the way through. You might watch until like a certain point, and then you'll just turn the channel again, even if you're sitting at home stoned on your couch. Uh, when, <laughs> uh, after that, you got our butane rating. This is kind of like the silver tier, uh, or C rank, if you will. Uh, butane are... Butane episodes are bastards. You, you love to hate them and you, you hate to love them uh, because about half of them are good, half of them are bad. They're just kind of middle-of-the-road episodes. These are the episodes that you're, you're going to just kind of turn on, and if it's not one you particularly care about, you'll screw around on your phone or you'll play Pokemon on your Switch for the majority of the episode. Now, the episodes you don't do that with are our Char Kings. These are our gold standard uh, Char King is a fantastic episode of King of the Hill. It represents everything you want to see. Good character development, good stories, good plot lines. Um, usually there's some memeable moments in it. 
this is this is the kind of episode that you're very happy to enjoy the show with. If Mark and I both agree that an episode is a Char King, it becomes a Char King Imperial. Uh, this is uh, basically our highest stamp of honor, just uh, just below the Blue Flame of Valor. Our Blue Flame of Valor is our S-rank platinum tier episode. It's not just a perfect episode of King of the Hill, but it's a perfect episode of TV. It's, it's everything you want in an episode of King of the Hill. It's a firefighting, we will go. Uh, it's a beer can named Desire. These are the episodes that you can show to somebody with absolutely no context and no knowledge of what King of the Hill is, and they will fall in love with it just like you do. So, with that being said, Mark, scale of Blue Flame to Charcoal, what do you give Queasy Rider? Um, originally I gave it a Char King. I really liked it, but then as I talked to you, I don't think it's that good. Um, but it's still better than a Butane, so I'm giving it like a a, a Buking. I haven't okay. gotten cute okay. lately, so I feel like I can give it a Buking. It's got some pretty <laughs> solid moments. Um, I really do like Hank and Peggy after like after the storm, so to speak. And I also like Hank and Peggy moments with them just like when they've bought the bike. Um, those are the good parts, but then like yeah. you're right. I'm tired of seeing Hank be the foil. Um, the B plot is really just ugh, it should be there. Dale's not that dumb. Yeah, so yeah, it's a Buking. It's better. Yeah, okay. that's where I'm at. How about you, buddy? Uh, I gave it a butane. So okay. uh, to, to me, it's just there are better Hank versus Peggy episodes. I think we we have established that there are better episodes where the two of them are fighting over something. There's there's better stakes. There's better story. There's better character. Um, I don't hate this episode by any means. I'm not usually going to turn it off. Uh, I'm astounded that for maybe the first time in 139 King of the Hill episodes, Mark, and lots of different things that you and I have talked about, Mike Judge related, that you didn't bring up the fact that Je uh, Jennifer Aniston is Greek. Um, but, yeah. you know. I don't need to beat that is, horse. It is what it is. And you'd like to beat I'm that I'm also horse, thankful for honest. Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> um, but no, like, there's there are just better episodes there's also worse episodes um this is so, better than pregnant pause like <laughs> it's better than pregnant pause it's it's better like most of our hank peggy like fighting episodes is because one of them is being really really stupid about something and just won't listen and this is it's the this episode is is them not listening to each other but it's not necessarily because they're being stupid yeah, they're just not listening. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I like it because it definitely builds character. Um, it's it's a fun back backdrop. It's fun to see everybody at Sturgis. And I, I love the uh, Hank with that, with his glasses all busted walking up to the dude with the um, World War One Kaiserreich hat and, it, like, G-string just going, oh, excuse me, officer. <laughs> like, it's little sight gags and shit like that. That always gets a tickle out of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't have anything else to say on this one, man. You got anything else? Nah, I I think maybe we ought to uh, ease on down the road to our next episode there, buddy. I think so. Well, our next episode is episode 140, Board Games. Uh, original air date, March 2nd, 2003. This is written by the writing duo of Syvert Glarum and Michael Jamin. 
so they were, these guys wrote through season 10 on King of the Hill. So they write on and off. They're staff writers. Uh, and then okay. they also have uh, writing credits that include Beavis and Butthead, uh, the 2011 revival. So not the most current one. Um, Mm, okay, which is really okay. weird to say, considering that Beavis and Butthead has been reincarnated twice now. Uh, and they also wrote on Brickleberry with Daniel Tosh. So uh, two swings and a miss there. I guess I like the <laughs> 2011 Beavis and Butthead. I feel like I have fond think, memories of yeah. watching that with you. Yeah, I, I think specifically you and I watching uh, Katy Perry's Firework and you just listening to Butthead go, Hey, Beavis. Do you ever feel like a plastic bag? <laughs> you suck. <laughs> Having that like, moment of like head shattering a poor and he's like, I love this song. <laughs> yes. So good. I'm a fair. Oh. <laughs> uh, so I will become a denizen of the okay. night. Ow! <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's Beavis yeah. in my head. It's never been quality A plus television. It's just been popular enough to get us things like Office Space and King of the Hill. Uh, mm-hmm. Cast of characters, Mark. Hank, Peggy, Bobby cast Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Boomhauer, Joseph and Nancy Gribble, Min, Khan, and Connie, Super Nusipone, Miguel Hernandez, and for some reason they chose to credit Doggy in this. I think it's because Doggy sneezes at one point. Doggy has a cold, yeah. Doggy does have a cold. Um... <laughs> So, synopsis, Peggy, Nancy, and Min want to make a difference by saving the after-school program for their kids. I don't don't know what else to say about this. Um, It's, they're running for a school board. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they don't listen to each other, and hilarity ensues. Exactly, of course, of course. Uh, A-store characters, (laughs) Peggy, Nancy, Min, um, we we all always start with... um, our triumvirate of clucking hens. I don't remember if that's the, the phrasing we've been using, but we always yeah, it is. almost like when you see the three of them, they're almost always like, Hey, all three of us are in on something. Like they always start as a solid unit and usually they fracture. Sometimes they fracture twice and then it's just everybody against each other. This is one of those mm-hmm. instances. Uh, give me some notes, man. Um, some notes. Um, Number one, hey, we're still talking about things we're thankful for. Holy shit, I'm glad I didn't watch this when America had its midterms. Anyway, um, that would have really affected me, I think. And I didn't, and I'm glad. So, um, here we go. King of the Hill presents, dude, where's my car? That is literally how this episode starts. Um, Min is a (laughs) goddamn sociopath. Holy shit. Min is a bad person. Wow. She was terror of the peasants. Um, <laughs> I like, I like the subtle setup of the not villain, but the like tangent, like the true Eve. I like. How would you say this? I like the like shadow of evil that is the Christians in this. Yes, like it's a very Lord of the Rings feel with like the shadow growing in the east and it's like slowly enveloping everything until it's too late and we've been bitching about dumb shit now oh never mind it's over for the children whoops yep, we all, can't yep all of a sudden we we stopped looking at this one thing for just long enough and it's now gotten too big for us to can't to like control while we were bitching about people of color in 
major roles shit there's sauron well here we are Ah, there's a tornado callback to the trailer park episode. It made me really happy. And then I had this weird thought. Um, so are they being mean to Nancy in the trailer park or no? I don't think so. I think it's uh, definitely more of a sign of respect. Or, hey, that's that bitch Nancy what, you know, called down the tornado that flipped over my trailer. I'm going to name this dog Nancy. (laughs) And she's a bitch, we'll say, too. We'll, we'll say four out of every five have good intentions. That fifth dog that gets named Nancy is is Gomer that's mad his trailer got flipped. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, excuse uh, me. To quote Min, we'll say Jethro. Jethro, not Gomer. Oh, my God, Jethro. That was such a good line out of Min. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, and finally, we get a Dale Fence jump. We're calling him out. We've been calling him out. I'm going to yep. learn how to like YouTube, and I'm going to make a supercut of Fence jumps. Or I'll just search because I'm sure there is one already. But, yeah. Uh, how about you, buddy? Uh, so let's see here. Uh, I got a, I got some stuff with you, uh, aligned with you as well. I also got down that Dale does his face jump or his fence jump. Um, did you notice that uh, Shady Pines is a rename? Because in the Texas City Twister episode, it's called Shiny Pines. Uh-huh. So they've I renamed it now that, to yeah. Shady Pines. Um, I, I I think it's important to, to note that at the very beginning of this episode, they, they see Bobby and Joseph um, screwing around in shopping carts, and that was a really big thing around the time because of Jackass. Now, this episode de- debuted two years after the finale of Jackass on MTV. Oh, wow. So I had to look it up because I'm like, okay, I know Jackass was early 2000s. Let's see if it was close to 2003. No, their last episode was 2001. But I don't really? know. Like, wow, we- that old, huh? It, it really is. But um, for those of you guys that don't know this, if you're not a big fan of the Jackass-like series of stuff, um, uh, uh, Mike Judge is a very big fan of these guys. Like, he showed up in Jackass 2.5 and uh, he, like, blew a bubble into somebody's butt or something like that. <laughs> like, he shows up as a just a random person. Um, he's worked with Johnny Knoxville on all sorts of stuff. Johnny Knoxville will be a guest star. I think if he already has... He might have already been one, but I know he will be again. Um... So it's it's just interesting to see. I think Mike Judge sees a lot of the influence of Beavis and Butthead on what these guys were doing mm-hmm. and kind of embraces it. It seems like he just wants to hang out with them. Um, and then I have a note here that the entire bit that they do with Peggy having the pecan sandy and not being able to say anything and they just like – they drag it out just wait just – maybe a beat and a half too long, and she drinks the dog water and everything else. This, to me, seems like a Marx Brothers skit. Like, it is so slapsticky, and they're holding everything just too long that I'm like, this is obviously not what would happen in real life, especially when, like, the only word she can can scream out while she can barely speak anything is five points. I like yeah. it. It's not a bad thing. I just I wanted to point out that it feels very much like a like like a slapstick routine. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a bit. It's all right. I don't know how to. It's yeah. it's fine. If you're gonna look at it that way, then I will not nag all over it. 
So, yeah, okay. I Okay. I'm going to guess you're not a fan of Peggy drinking dog water. I just thought it was dumb. Like, what, okay. the sink isn't a thing? Come on. I don't... I don't know. I understand what they're doing. I get why it's kind of funny. But at the same time, like, this is not what rational humans do. This is not how rational humans interact. I, I don't it's know. It's not. But you are, you already called it, like, early on when we started talking about this episode. Min is a, a sociopath. She straight up pulls the water away from Peggy. Well, yeah, because she knows that Peggy's going to try and, like, jockey for control. Like, uh-huh. you don't need to be a sociopath to know that. Like... Hey guys, thanks. Hey, today's Thanksgiving, and I'm thankful that I don't have to move my water glass, or, you know, my racist uncle's water glass away from him when he goes on his like maga tirade. Hey, it's the same idea, you know. I won't have to be a sociopath to know that. Also, I don't have a maga uncle. I'm just, you know, speaking in generalities at this point. I'm sure. Um, yeah. Oh, I have a, I have a maga uncle. Uh, Mark, yeah. give me some of your pros, buddy. Some of my pros. Um. I like a lot of the shots in this. I know we're bitching about slapstickiness and so forth, but, like, um, there's a lot of good shots in here. Uh, one that I really appreciate is the three-way shot of all three of the triumvirate clucking to their cocks, if you will, and yes. selling them on the idea. And I like how Peggy wrote her points for Hank to say. It just, it's a Peggy thing to do. Like, that's a very... I just like it. They're all equally dumb. They're all equally silly. They all equally have delusions of grandeur over nothing at all. And I love that. Um, right. <laughs> Moss might kill them. I have might in quotations because I think there's a good chance that Carl Moss would probably kill one of them. Because Carl Moss seems just unstable enough for that shit. Like, the final oh, yeah, straw was Tim Powell stealing it. his coffee mug. don't you do it (laughs) Um, once again with (laughs) I got a problem need some snuffing (laughs) Emily's the one that knocks (laughs) god damn right principal moss (laughs) um Pro, the shots, once again, that West Wing shot of Con- uh, Connie, of Peggy and Bobby walking up the hallway, yeah. shot in that, um, the West Wing style. I really, really like that. Um, that's a cool bit. It's a cool bit for people to get it. And, like, West Wing was huge at this point. Like, I just really appreciated that. Um, men slaughtering Peggy at the nomination. Holy shit. Holy shit, mm-hmm. dude. Men, like, fatality Peggy. And I loved it. Um, Min is the hottest one. I had a boner for Min. <laughs> Min power. Go Min. Uh, oh, Irrawaddy or Min, Minawaddy. I don't know. Irrawaddy was the guy's name. Fuck. I wish I spoke Laotian. Um, <laughs> pro Min defending Peggy in the, um, foot parlor place. What are those places called? Foot parlor? Uh, pedicurist. Thank you. That's the word many, I wanted. Many, petty <laughs> something. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like. No, your feet are a delight to work on. Holy shit, that was funny. Um, again, men's a sociopath watching hobo boxing. <laughs> it shouldn't I, I be that funny, but that's in my pros too. Can I tell you why? That is the best Please. misdirect for a pay-per-view that Peggy could find. Because <laughs> everyone yes. is expecting it to be porn. 
Everyone, yeah. every time you say what well, this is the sort of thing you order on your pay-per-view. Also, I want to know, I really want to know what TV provider is offering pay-per-view bum fights. Bum fights, dude. Bum fights used to be on pay-per-view. I didn't think that was a thing. I thought you'd always have to get those, like, I thought they were, like, videos that you bought Yeah, there's, like, the, the janky TV, ass but videos. But not that you could pay-per-view. Yeah, there was. There was. Especially, like, at this point. Oh, hell yeah. I feel okay. like Spike TV used to, like, plug them at, like, 2 in the morning. I'm going to be honest with you. I have never seen bum fights. And I've seen a lot of messed up shit on the internet. I watched a lot of bum fights with Ben. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just sit we just sit there and watch it. It was real weird. Um, what is art for the sake of art? I don't know. Um <laughs> Khan driving down the ro- the road, knocking over signs. Go to hell. Like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I love the yes and to stupidity in this episode. Holy shit. These three people just yes and themselves into committing felonies. Like Wow. Right. Um, Kathy and Jimmy absolutely kills it because I fucking hate Peggy throughout this episode. Like, she is obnoxious, she is grating, she is hard to watch and listen to, and one hundred percent blue flame of valor to Kathy and Jimmy, man. You she crushed yeah. it. Like, she kills it. Yeah. So does Laura Tom for like, that matter, because Min is a big player in this episode, and you hate her by the end of it too. Also, yes. Yeah. Like, I just... Oh, but, like, God, it's so good. So many good performances out of this episode. Um, I must have been in a really good mood this week. I don't know. Anyway, talk to me, buddy. What you got? You you hit this one already, Mark, that Peggy needs a blacksmith for her feet. The fact that they <laughs> wanted to, to explain it in such a way, that is... It is so good. So good to me. Um... I also really, really like the return of Peggy and Min's banter back and forth, where they're just being, like, low-key assholes to each other. They're trying Mm -hmm. to have that facade of, we are actually friends, but I think a lot of the shit you do is wrong. This is is back to um, one of your all-time favorite lines, Mark. Look, no burned hands. I'm using a spoon. No more burnt hands, Hank. You know what I mean? From aisle 8A. Yes, I do. 1,000%. Yes. And we get back to that with with lines in this, like um, Peggy just going, and just so you know, you probably shouldn't be calling them all rednecks. They don't like, people don't like that. And it's like, well, yeah, you don't need to be telling her that, but it's the passive aggressiveness of you. And I love it. I love that sort of shit. That's my favorite relationship between Peggy and men. It's what makes me sad that Bobby and Connie, I don't think, will ultimately ever end up together because I would love to see, like, Christmas times with old Peggy and old men. Um, That'd be cool. Yeah, just, like, being shitty at each other. We already talked about the bum, bum fight pay-per-view. Uh, and then you also hit this, but I want to hit it again as well. I think it's uh, an important an important thing to show that all three of the husbands are very supportive of their wives. They all think they've got a legitimate chance. They all think they're very good for the role. And they basically are just like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm right here to support you. It's not often that you see men supporting women like that, like so implicitly, even when they start to go off the rails. Like if I was Hank, I would have cut and run a long time ago. 
and not not like in the marriage, but like in this whole process of, of Peggy trying to like, you know what I mean? You know what I'm you know what I'm trying to say, right? I just came out way wrong, um, but like she she gets over the edge the second they start doing that West Wing parody, and I'm like, oh god, I would have been done right then. And yet he is still there making buttons. He's still there like hanging signs up in the right order. Yeah, it's it is refreshing to see husbands that all just like think the world of their wives um it also makes me realize that i don't think this i don't think this show would ever be successful if you gave bill or boom a wife because you've already got three very good examples yeah i so. yeah that's my hot take for this week uh mark give me some cons <laughs> i like your hot take <laughs> Con the Christians. Oh, it's bad. I just believe what you're going to believe, but don't put it into school shit. Whatever. Okay, next. Mm-hmm. Peggy, as a general rule, just, oh my God, you're not. I already hit it. Like, Peggy is a pro and a con for me because she's so damn obnoxious, but also con. Peggy, just, uh. Um, Peggy, in felonies this season, we just saw her kill a dude in Pygmalion, at least manslaughter, yep. at least manslaughter to do in Pygmalion. And now she's like kidnapping people and taking them across state borders. And it's like a school bus. It's like 60 people. That's a boy. That's just like a bucket of felonies. Isn't <laughs> that election tampering? I mean, yeah. Cause like, it's also voter fraud and it's, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Like it's illegal as shit, but like, <laughs> man, I guess, <laughs> That kind of just goes back to the whole, you know, they yes and themselves into literal madness. So I appreciate it, but man, we're really la- laying heavy on like the criminal Peggy this season already. Um, that's what I got. Yeah. I don't have a ton of cons. How about you? Um, I've only got two. <laughs> I, there's a joke that made me wince, mostly because there was a, a very horrific shooting that happened in a school in Texas not too long ago. So Dale saying, I don't want her to take away my right to have a gun. And I don't want her to take away Joseph's right to have a gun. It just made yeah. me wince. It was That's a little a, rough. That, that is a line that did not age. Nope. Um, I, I mean, there's a lot of lines that just don't age, and this one's very, very topical, but is what it is. Um, Evergreen, I wouldn't get rid of it. Say. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, either. Then, it's a fine line. I like it because, yeah, it's it, it's what you'd expect Dale to say. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely is. Uh, and then the the reason behind Peggy having to go out on her own and and striking out against men, the whole point of of like the last half of this episode is that Peggy only has a two year degree. That's now been established, right? Yeah. So. If I recall, didn't Luann talk about how she is the first person in her family to go to college? Wouldn't that theoretically count Peggy, too? Yeah, probably, but it's Luann. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I mean, if, if we're saying know. family, like, you know that Leanne ain't going to college, like... No, and Hoyt, I mean, there was the idea that he might, but he also was going to work on an oil rig, and he did this, and he did that, and... Yeah. I don't know. I am also kind of curious to see why Peggy only got a two-year degree. I think that's all you need. Like, 
uh, I bet she wanted to fast track it. I'm sure that, sorry, I got the hiccups. I'm sure that in true Peggy fashion, she like probably wanted like, you know, not, not half ass it, but Peggy will half ass and fast track when she can. We've seen this. So like if a two year degree is all you need, why? Yeah. Why go for more? Like, yeah, I, there's a very sad moment in there too, where like she makes the choice to not get the degree so that she can have a kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I forget the episode we talked about. It was 11 years of them trying before they had Bobby. So, like, I wonder if by year three she would have been early 20s. And it's like, okay, I can go back to school. I can get my AA and be good with it. Or I can, I can, and work, we can have a kid. Work with that, yeah. Yeah. And then they, and like, you know, they kind of, I don't know. I just, wow, I just really depressed myself. Fuck, I'm crying. <laughs> that really, that like broke my heart. Um, <laughs> shit. I didn't want to go there. Anyway, yeah. Um, Let's get to favorite moments more. then. How about what that? What the fuck was that? Holy shit. I just had like this terrible thing in my head happen. Wow. That was, wow. Sorry. It's dark, buddy. Um, I saw it. I saw it all. I saw like her just like making the choice and like her like deciding and like she doesn't have anyone to talk to about it. Like I guess Nancy and Nancy's pregnant too. Oh no, Nancy's not pregnant because she's just like fucking around with red corn. Like she can't, oh right. man. Oh, fuck. Okay, anyway, let's talk about favorite moments. Um, the Dale and Con fight in the alley. I like that a lot. I like that bit a lot. Yeah. They're not going to do anything. They love they love they love their wives, but they're not going to like beat each other up. They're just going to look at my fingers. It's great. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I got weird. What's your favorite it's okay, moment, buddy? What is, um, I, <laughs> what got... makes you feel good thoughts? <laughs> I've got one in here, and I mean, there's there's a lot of good moments in this, and this is, I mean, it's not even really my favorite moment, but it's one that makes me chuckle because it's very obvious. Uh, Peggy walks in, sees all the signs, and she says, uh, I, I don't like these. I don't get this. What not to get? I'm in. I want to win. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's just so, like, ridiculous. It's so to the yeah. point. Um, I, I love simple jokes, guys. I'm a simple man that likes simple jokes. You know. <laughs> but that's that's all I got, man. What do you say we rate this guy? Let's do her. What are you giving uh, board games? Um, I give it a butane. Uh, butane, For me, okay. it's, it's, it's middle of the road. Um, we, we see some development of characters, specifically of our triumvirate of clucking hens. Um, but I mean, that's kind of all that we really get out of this. There's not a lot of big stakes. Nothing is ever followed up upon. Um, we don't see the aftermath of this where you can't, like, you have to start praying in school and everything else. So all in all, it's just an episode that doesn't really matter. And everybody goes back to being friends at the end. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it does have its funny moments, and I like the I like some of the callbacks. I think it's really cool that they brought back shiny pines. Mm-hmm. Probably you, because that trailer it? blew a bunch blew apart all the shitty ones, so they replaced them all with uh, silver bullets. Because <laughs> that would have been like the next hey. in the line. That's what. That's why. There we go. I don't know. Um, yeah, I gave it a butane. <laughs> it was a fine episode. I'm sorry, my it's brain hurts now. I like it's a tutane. We got a tutane. For the two tears rolling down my cheek, two Tane. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's it's fine. I don't know. 
Um, so, like, it's not that this is a bad episode. I would not watch it again, though. Okay. Like, no part of this episode did I feel like I'm happy. You know, I just don't care. It's not what I'm going to, like, actively seek out. It's literally the most butane possible where I will not seek it out, but if it's on at 2 a.m. in the morning, I'll watch it. But, yeah, okay. it's fine. I don't know. Um, no, I think that's yeah, very I think fair. I think it's a very fair assessment of this episode. It's There's not a lot that's memorable about it. Yeah, like, what happens? Peggy and Min and Nancy are bitches to each other, and Peggy commits the voter fraud. Like, that's about it. Like... Yeah. But I guess it does spark the timeline of watching Tom Landry get progressively worse and worse. We're going to see, like... It's true. In a couple seasons, like, how they're going to lose their funding because of test scores. So there we go. Maybe hey. maybe this is Mike Judge, like, setting events in motion. He's like a 4D chess master. That's what I'm going to tell myself. There you go. There you go. Hey, those kids at Om Landy Middle School, they're, they're just... They're just a big old mess. It's only going to get worse for him. <laughs> it's only going to get worse. I'm going to go cry in my shower and drink a beer. But uh, before I do that, Johnny, do you still like King of the Hill, buddy? Mark, I still love King of the Hill. How about you, man? Uh, yeah, I still really like King of the Hill. Um, Season 7 is going well, and I am still cautiously optimistic, I guess. Uh, you want to tell those good folks where they can find us? I certainly do. The good folks of Internet and Podcast Land can find us at Dang Old Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, all that good stuff. You can always email us at dangoldpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to reach out to me personally, I am on Instagram at Krautball. That's kraut as in sauerkraut and ball as in Swedish meatball. Guys, I'm waiting for you to reach out to me. Um, oh, I do have one more thing to say when, after you uh, you give the rest of your plugs, buddy. So don't cut me quite yet. Okay. Um, so you can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. Um, and you can also find me on our sister podcast, the Two Wizards Podcast. Um, Johnny, thank you for the shout out at the top. I really appreciate it. Um, Absolutely. I got one too, and I should have done this already, but I'm bad at. I want to give a shout out to at Patrick Drawn Nineteen. Um, I don't know if you saw this. This dude marathoned all of Dangle podcasts in like three days. He is like hey. our blue fan of Valor for the month. Like, holy shit. Shout Thank out to you, you bud. Thank you very much. Yeah, that was, that was a really cool thing. He hit us up on Twitter and was like, I've now listened to it all. And I'm like, whoa, that's insane. Okay, cool. So shout out to you, sir. And uh, yeah, what was your other one, buddy? Oh, um, so I just wanted to, to make it known that uh, for a lot of you guys that are listening here, uh, you got sent over here by another King of the Hill podcast called Blockoff. And these guys are super cool. They gave us a shout out a few episodes ago, um, at least in the, t- the timeline here. Timelines are all weird, guys. Um, it's going to sound like it was just a few episodes for me, but it was probably like two months ago by based on how far in advance we tend to record sometimes. Um, but I just want to let it be known that uh, I have reached out to them. Um, I don't know if, uh, if Facebook or something has just like screened me so that I can't just randomly talk to them because we're not officially friends yet on that platform. But uh, Mark and I here, we uh, we listen to some of their stuff. We appreciate their, their praise and... Um, we, we're definitely open to hitting these guys up. So, um, if 
if they happen to be listening to this or if you guys are also fans of them and you've come over from them, please reach out and let them know. We will continue to try and contact them. And hopefully we can get something cool on the books. I'd love to do some sort of collaboration with uh, Mark and I and, and these other two guys. So, it yeah. gladdens my heart to know that maybe I'm not the only one who's not perfect at social media in the podcast <laughs> world. Hey, it warms my heart to know that there's at least two other nutbags out there just like us that love King of the Hill this much. Exactly. <laughs> All well, right, uh, with Mark, that being well, said, let's get, get out, out of here, here, buddy. Yeah, let's yeah, do her, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening, guys. We love y'all. Oh, and uh, hey, happy Thanksgiving one more time. Uh, I'm super thankful for you all. And Johnny, I'm super thankful for you, buddy. Gobble, gobble, bud. <laughs> <laughs>